Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversations in a safe place. We are your hosts. I don't know. He always gets these goofy grins when I do my intro. I am Pastor Dave. We have Pastor Caesar. Feeling safe. And the whole safe thing for him is it's weird, you know? Yeah. I, I guess that too many places he feels safe. I practice safe podcasting. And we got James <laughs> on the mic here. We got a bunch, a bunch of uh, special guests today. Why don't you introduce yourself? How you doing? My name is Ryan. I'm Matt. I'm Seth. These guys are uh, new to our church. They're on uh, a new journey in life, uh, following the Lord, and uh, they just got some gr- great experiences. And I'll tell you the truth, guys, you're you're inspir- inspirating to me. Um, entire church. Yeah, an entire church. I've been a Christian for a long time. Yeah, and uh, it's, a, it's long a long time. I mean, look at look, look how long. <laughs> like nineteen, the year nineteen hundred. Easy, easy, yeah. easy. And uh, it's so cool to see young men serving the Lord, and uh, you guys coming in there and and just being there every week. You can just kind of, like Brother Stacy said, y'all wasn't sitting in y'all's normal spot, so we didn't know y'all was there. So we're like getting used to for y'all to sitting over there. And, uh, yeah, so man, it was just it's just amazing to see you guys uh, growing in your faith, man. You know, and we're not perfect, right? You still got some yeah. things to work on, like all of us do. But it's right. you know your, your your journey's just beginning, and uh, so it's awesome to see you guys uh, headed on this journey. Oh yeah, exciting awesome time for the Refuge Project. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we're, we're we just like man, let's get these guys. I was in the, the meeting today. Pastor was talking about y'all's, um, the, you know, y'all, y'all's getting together the, on Sunday. And I was just like, I text Caesar, so let's get those guys on the podcast, and he made it happen. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate y'all guys coming out so late on the Tuesday night. We're excited to be here. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. How's life been since last week? Life has been good. Has it? I told you I'm getting into cooking, right? Yeah, you told me that last week. You wouldn't yeah. eat mine. No, it's because I had food at okay, home. Okay, okay, okay. He's like, man, it smells good in here. So yeah. you want some? He's like, nah. Oh, that's sweet. not how nice that. <laughs> I did So you're done with your fast then? No, I'm, done. No, I'm still fasting. But, yeah, he doesn't eat YouTube. <laughs> Although, okay, so, yeah, and YouTube, yeah. Which I guess I'm going to break again here today, too. Every time I come to do this church podcast, I break my fast. Just turn your head and take your, yeah, your headphones so. off. But, uh, but no, last week was my birthday, so we had, oh, wait, I should give Well, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. How can you get to tell us last week? Last week was your birthday. Well, last week, my birthday hadn't happened yet. <laughs> it's just like, it's the next day. We're not talking about it. a funny it. story. I don't know. I wasn't actually. even thinking about it. How about yeah, James' birthday? I saw, birthday? I saw him birth- at Gringo's, and I was like, James, mm-hmm. what's up? You know, we had like a five-minute conversation. Didn't even tell me it was his birthday. Okay, wow. it wasn't five minutes. It <laughs> Come was on. like it was five um, 90 seconds. Real, real quick. It was 90 seconds out of five minutes. For our listeners, real quick, uh, how do y'all know James? How long y'all known James? So they've been friends with my little brother Ben uh, for a while, for like years, for yeah. forever. Yeah. So I've just kind of seen him around here and there for forever. Yeah. Matt actually worked with me for a little bit at Gringos for All a right. few months or so. Actually, I think I trained you. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taught him how to serve them guests enchiladas. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. nothing but friends here then. Yeah. But I was gonna say I did I, bre- I did break my fast last week too on my birthday. We went to my or I guess it was on Sunday we went 
to my parents' house. My dad made up some barbecue and all that stuff. Had some banana pudding, which was delicious and oh, underrated. Yeah. So what are you? What are you fasting? Apparently I'm doing, nothing. <laughs> I'm doing sweets. I'm doing YouTube. Um, I'm not doing. A, I'm not doing meat and all that. It's always it, for forty days. It's just so much for me. Yeah, oh, it's so long. But uh, <laughs> I'm hurting yeah, over here. I guess you guys are better people than me. But all those people that do the hardcore, like basically vegan, it's too much for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've done it so many times. Um, so this time I'm I'm, I'm kind of doing like you some sweets and uh, I did the first twenty one different than the second twenty one. So yeah. the, the uh, YouTube thing has been more difficult than oh, I bro. Thought I, was I did YouTube be. last yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do very good. One year I wanted to be like super spiritual. Like I wanted to be like you was oversaved. Wa- yeah, yeah, oversaved. Like literally walking with Jesus. Like, uh-huh. He was right next to me. Yeah. That kind of thing. I, st- I get that. And, I'm still eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I decided to do a full on Daniel. Right. So mm-hmm. that's that's nothing processed. Only veggies and uh, water, pretty much. What about uh, eggs? Um, at that time, no. Okay. At that time, no. So it was Not a full even on, the whites. Full on Daniel. Full on Daniel. And I did all social media. So anything dealing with Facebook, YouTube. So how did you do that with with being a youth pastor? Yeah, man, it was rough. Man, it was rough. And uh, at the end of it, I really believe that God told me, "Look, I don't do that again." That was your stomach. <laughs> yeah, he said, I did, God was like, "I did not tell you to do that. You wanted to be all cool about it and be all extra, so that's your fault." But that's funny. But I, you know, I I muscled through it. But what's I did the most it. extreme fast you've ever been on? It was that one. That one. It was that one. Yeah, probably vegetarian. Yeah, I did. Uh, so when we were uh, launching Lifehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we set out to do a seven-day water fast. Only water? Only water for Ooh. seven days. I made three days. <laughs> uh, and then I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I really felt like... I wasn't doing well, you know, yeah. and because uh, I was still working full time job outside, you know, and it just wasn't going well. So I added juice on the next two days, and I didn't make the sixth and seventh day. Somebody needs to fact check me on this one, but I believe that after seven days of a full water fast, your breath will return back to a baby like breath. Really? Yeah. Now, Jeremy, my cousin, he did all seven days. What do you mean? Is, have you ever smelled baby's breath before? Oh, like the smell of it. I'm not a cat. So no, <laughs> no like when you mean like, like brand new baby, uh-huh. a human. It's, it's that brand new baby smell. Okay, yeah, and they have the purest breath. You know what we're talking about, don't you? So you're saying this is a desirable thing. It's a very it desirable thing. I didn't know if you were insulting people. <laughs> or no, what? No, but this is before the bottle, know. right? Yeah, this is before the bottle. Okay. Then, because then they start getting that milk that yeah. gets caught in their little rolls and it starts stinking. You know, it, uh, yeah. They just start leaking from all of their holes. <laughs> and everybody can't wait, right? You can't wait to have babies. <laughs> Just like you were. I'm totally cool with kids, but like infant babies, they're, oh, they're the best, man. Oh, do you know what? Do you know what grosses me out more than anything is like toddler hands. Yeah, dude. Toddler hands. Oh. Yeah, because they're, they're everywhere. They're in everything yes. all the time. It's disgusting. And then they want to touch you on the face. Yeah, I dude. just can't do they it, wanna, bro. They're, they're oh, like, as hands, cute as like, they are. Mouth, oh. And then they want to stick it on your nose and touch you. Yeah, I said before, my son is weird, and he, he whenever he talks to you, he's got to get right in your 
everyone's face. Oh, it's like, like, I'm like, we were dude, get away from me. Like, I, like, step back. You can communicate without doing that. Anyway, love you, Theo, because he always listens. He's faithful. I went on a rant one time telling right. my sister that I hated it when babies have food on their face. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's gross. And because they always have food right. all over They look like face. little trailer park kids. Because they just don't know how to put it in their mouth. Whenever, whenever, <laughs> and uh, I said that to her one time. And now, like, anytime. And it's not, like, as bad as I guess I made it out to be whenever we had that conversation. But now, anytime I'm with her and one of her kids have food anywhere on them, she's always like, come on, you got to get that off. You know, like, Uncle she, James is here. Like, she thinks I'm just silently, like, hating her kids. Or Dude, something. whenever you have your kids, yeah. people are going to think that they don't, they don't even know how to think they're going to miss their mouth all the time. It's like, oh, it must be that Nistin kid. I'm going to constantly be wiping them off all the time. I remember we said, you know, you. So, shout out to all the baby mamas out there. Or whatever, baby mama, but baby mama, mamas. Yo, you know if I don't think your baby's cute because if your baby's cute, I'm like, I'm not a cute baby. Mm-hmm. If I see an ugly baby, it's like this. Oh, it's a boy, <laughs> <laughs> or it's a girl, a human. <laughs> uh, but because I, you know, when I was start having kids at first, you didn't want to go, man, that's an ugly baby because you knew, like, all right, God's gonna get you back with the ugly yeah. baby yourself. You hey, know, a lot of babies are ugly. Yeah, there's some ugly yeah, ones they out there. They can't all look good. That's right. There's a lot of ugly people. I got some we don't all kids. look good. <laughs> all my kids are good looking. You got so. some good looking ones yeah. for sure. Shout out to Luke. Luke, Luke was just like, "What well, y'all talking about me? Y'all was talking about me last week." Yeah, I yeah. told him. I said, well, "I was telling everybody how pretty you were." Yeah, and uh, we can do it again today. Like right Luke now, is Luke pretty. is a good looking kid. Right, right before we <laughs> left, got nice skin. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Theo was adamant about uh, me letting me. Or me telling Luke that he liked that robot that he made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in robotics. Did so. you see the video? I didn't see the video, no. Man, it was pretty cool, man. I was actually, you know, back in my day, we used to beat up kids like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was actually a good time. It was actually a good time. We stayed from like 10 o'clock in the morning till 6.30 at night. Um, it was actually pretty cool. Hey, yeah. geek, geeks run the world, man. Yeah, that's what say that. That's it. That's run it. the world. That's it. Last week, somebody said geeks run the world, like in this same conversation we were talking about, and I made a reference to girls run the world, like the Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody caught it, but I'm glad <laughs> wasn't you're here. here. Yeah, no, because you weren't here. That's why I'm. I, mean, I hate you. on everybody. That's John Legend, Beyonce. I yeah. got in trouble for liking the Beyonce video. Oh, you like? Remember, was it Julie? Videos. Shout out Julie. She was Julie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You were in that thread, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. She was like, really, Pastor David. Really? Really? You like this? <laughs> well, you know, somebody that we were talking about, Beyonce, I'm like, I like her videos. <laughs> like, Sorry I have eyes. Right. I'm still a man, people. I'm still a man. Oh, look, a human. Yeah. All right, shout out anyway. to Canada. They came in strong this past uh, week. Oh, y'all been going through it, Canada. Y'all, ain't, y'all yeah, keep so your head up high. Y'all ain't got nothing else to do, so listen to the Refuge Project while you're out there in your trucks. Yep. Yeah. Blocking the, you Amen. know, interest to your your country. Albania. Albania. Albania stopped by. What? I don't even know where that is. I'm so ignorant. Is that a province of Canada? Yeah, I'm not too for sure where Albania is, um, but it's out 
out there somewhere. Sorry, Albania. Albania. Um, yeah, not too for sure. It's not. It must be very, very small because it's not highlighted on the map anywhere. Yeah, but God knows. God knows God about knows who you are, you, Albania. Where you're at, and you know, you know, you know. All my Mexicanos. Come on. Mexico in. came Hard. back in this month, so shout out to all my people out there. That's because your comment, whenever you were preaching the other day, you said that you're married to the hottest Latino. Okay, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I got it right the first service. Yeah, then, but then somebody, somebody said, Latina. Latina. Yeah, I was like, oh, past day, we ain't that kind of church. So, so I think the very, didn't even catch that. The very next day was, uh, I think, Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. So I wrote on the, the card on the outside to the hottest Latina in the room. And so it was there with the flowers and stuff. And Noah comes in and he'd have busted the door. He was just like, oh, what does it say? And then he read it. He goes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so funny. So shout out to everybody and all my people in the United States that are stopping by listening to the Refuge Project. We Word. appreciate you. We wouldn't do it unless you listen. So appreciate it. British Columbia and Ontario, they stopped by from Canada. There so, yeah, doing well. All right. We got to think we got a, a song for everybody. Pastor Caesar sent this over. So let's check it out. Uh, Way, Truth, Life. Get ready to vibe. Thank you. 
right. So that had the same feel as all these little worship bands coming out right now. Everybody in the room, kind of you know vibing together. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of the uh, revival? No, Planet Shakers. Planet Shakers. Yeah, they've been around forever. Just oh, yeah, that's said. the Planet Shakers, huh? Yeah, that's what we were saying. We're like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's the bass solo that he's that, that he's doing right now. This now, is but not the original Planet Shakers, is it? No. Well, no, no. Yes, yes, it is. Like, These are the ones that were really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. Slide to the right. Hey. Slide to the right. Oh. We actually did the song for the youth last week. We played it, and they were they were vibing out. I love this song. Bring it, bring it across the street, and see what these old people do. I'm not. I'm not ready to get yelled at just quite. No, we're not going to A and O. Not yet. No, well, we're going to do it. We're going to A and O. Okay. Yeah, but no. I can see Josh up there sliding to the left he and the right. He hates this song. Josh hates this song. <laughs> and, and everybody was like, bro, are you serious right this now? This is like, like you. That's him, right? I can see Josh hating this song. Josh hates this song. Josh is always like, he's so Josh. And then every now and then, it'll be something you're like, Josh would love that. And he'll just randomly hate it. No, man. Like, <laughs> and at, 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 I think I told him, like, all right, Josh, I'm sorry. It's not the latest Michael W. Smith song. <laughs> I got super offended. I really did. I'm like, I'm like dude. Like, is he really into Michael W. Smith? Yes. <laughs> like, who's not, bro? If you're a Christian for any sort of time, no, no, you're no, no, Michael no, no, w. Smith, no, no, no. Michael W. Smith is a period piece. Okay, like mm-hmm. if somebody says I like Michael W. Smith, you know exactly where they go to church, how they worship, what they eat. They go to Luby's. You know, we need oh, to play. We sure. need to play a game <laughs> of like hey, saying like Michael W. Worship songs from youth group, and they can tell you what era you're from. <laughs> when we still playing them across the street <laughs> as the deer <laughs> yeah that's for sure uh, nobody uses the word panteth anymore panteth forth <laughs> nobody uses like, this, this song was written out of King James <laughs> somebody give me the NLT quickly for real <laughs> you're so old oh, oh man, man. anyway but, yeah, I like that no. song that's I like a, that that's song. a jam I love yeah, it way I just realized life. that we got, got all out of order. We played the song we haven't even done, done. Oh yeah, I know. Culture Corner. Culture Corner. Mm. All right, check it out. I got one check for you. I was like ready to go this time. I know, right? Were like, here's a song. Here's a song. Like, okay. I'm, I'm just too excited. All right, thousands of people are saying they're going to throw eggs at Jeff Bezos' super yacht. Homeboy spending a half a billion dollars on a yacht out of uh, some Dutch, little Dutch country. Um, it's called like Rotten something or another. Uh, wow. But they're so mad right now that he's building this yacht that they have to take down a historic uh, bridge to get the yacht out to sea. Oh, that's why they're mad. Yeah, that's why they're mad. So they, they already have thousands of people like RSVP'd on this Facebook page. They're going to line up and throw rotten eggs out of half a billion dollars. Yacht. Wait, so they're tearing the bridge down? No, no. Bezos is paying to take it down uh-huh. and put it back together. Oh, well, then who cares? Yeah. I, 
It's historic. Oh wait, it's a thousand years old. Yeah, it's like yeah, over like eight hundred and something years old. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, five hundred million dollars. Five hundred million, four hundred eighty-six million dollars. I think it said it was wow. for this yacht. And then um, oh. Land, old Landry's four hundred eighty-five million dollar boat. Old Landry's dude. Everybody's mad at him. They've been mad at him here in Houston because of the you know Corona and how yeah. he fired all those people. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He only has a forty million dollar yacht that he made, and everybody's Sucker. mad at that. I know forty million dollars cheap. Who has know, uh, who, who has Prime? Amazon Prime. I'm like the I only do. person in the world that doesn't. Yeah. They get my money every month somehow yeah. or another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So these people throwing eggs? Are they using Amazon? Uh, probably. Like, I, I, they otherwise. probably they probably got the eggs from Amazon. Yeah, they probably yeah. ordered them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show you. Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon grocery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're not ordering anything from Amazon, let me make sure I spend thirty five dollars so they can deliver today. <laughs> It could be a world record if they do it. Yeah, yeah I really mean, good. so well, I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> I like the way that I, I like the way that this started off. It says uh, Tesla CEO uh, Elon Musk isn't the only one. <laughs> Right, they're taking shots at the Amazon uh, founder Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah, and then Amazon is—I mean, they're just—they're just—they're uh, just in the headlines so so much. I saw one today where their uh, their charitable um, their charitable side of Amazon—I think it's what is it, Smile. I think that's what is it, the wing of Amazon that that gives to nonprofits no and all that. They pulled their support from from BLM. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, get good. That. Not because black lives don't matter, because black lives do matter. You know, I like all my black people out there. But listen, that 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 whole organization is corrupt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And this finally coming out, and people are finally starting to see. And this is what happened: support and, from Amazon and, and, and different places like the, that. The reason that they that they that they uh, pulled out of giving them funds was because they were in in uh, in fault of the guidelines yep. as far as their financials. But people want to take that and be like. Well, they're racist. They're ra- it's like, nah, th- these are the guidelines. These are the rules. They didn't follow them, so you're done. Well, the government is actually doing an audit right now because they did not. Um, they're financial. They're not, they didn't uh, uh, comply mm-hmm. with all the, you know, nonprofit stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and the lady that was the, the the president of the, she bailed because she's got, like, all these homes. Yeah, all these million-dollar homes. And then, like, they're coming to find out, like, the George Floyd family and all these other families that they were like putting on posters and saying support BLM none of them got any money from it yeah. Yeah. and she's they've made all this money and um, anyways it's probably going to get cancelled after this money, talking about it for money it. corrupts yeah yeah, it corrupts it'll still be left in some 14 year old's bio on yeah. Twitter yeah, yeah. that yeah. just doesn't have no idea yeah yeah, that's funny yep. crazy stuff yep so well, season, what you got well I got a I uh, got a video if you can cue that up here and I just kind of want to do something a little different just kind of want to get your first reactions on this uh, the video will explain what it is itself so uh, as soon as you pull that up right there and backtrack that back that thing up <laughs> alright so uh, just take a listen the video is about two minutes long so uh, let's get some first reactions from y'all too have you ever heard of Hillsong Church Hillsong is the celebrity church, right? Bieber, Bono, Vanessa Hudgens, Kevin Durant. It wasn't just this Australian startup anymore. It was Justin Bieber's church. 
They've had over 3 billion views on YouTube. Hillsong changed the way that many of us saw how church could be done. They're huge now. They're huge. You can make a real change if you come to Hillsong. This was going to be a place where I could call my home. That clearly wasn't the case, and it almost took my life. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time. When we talk about Carl and purity, how could you shame me when I was so young, but you did this? It was the most toxic thing I ever had to deal with. Uh, hey girl. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. The beliefs that they put in you go deep. They really get in your head. This is cool, church. There is a fine line between cult and culture. They want to spread their tentacles as far as they can. They really do believe that they need to conquer Earth in order to make heaven on Earth. To essentially bring on the end times. This is not a moral failure. It's a felonious criminal act. $78 million in revenue, tax-free. Manipulation, religious trauma. Systemic cover-up. Tremendous power. Everything in your life is Hillsong. This is not what I thought it was. Interesting. All right. Oh, yeah. So the Discovery Channel is coming out with a docu series that uh, details some of the um, some of the trauma, some of the scandal that Hillsong has been plagued with since they've been out in the, when they started in the eighties, sometime in the eighties. And, we, and we've time. talked about Hillsong on this on this platform many times, many different stories. Uh, you can tell that their angle from just from my first reaction to cancel at that, culture at its best. Yeah, it is cancel culture as best the the lady that said uh, uh, she said something or whatever but that was the actual lady that Carl Lentz was having an affair with mm-hmm. and uh, Carl Lentz was the pastor of Hillsong in New York City mm-hmm. Justin Bieber's pastor he's known as the guy that's right. all ripped walking with him or whatever showing his yeah his uh, V you know <laughs> his root yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, uh, yeah you know Hillsong and we've talked about it before Hillsong it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of good, and in all of that, you're going to have some corruption, just like in any system, any organization. Uh, t- t- to me, this looks like a hit piece. Looks like it to me. Yeah. Um, it looks fun. I want to go to the church. <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> I ever like go to Australia. Use the cool church. Once they lift the bands, and you know, we ever get a chance to go to Australia, I want to go see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, I just think that uh, just, just off the top is cancel culture at its best this is uh, secular media coming after our faith Um, can they find the same thing in every church absolutely Mm -hmm. can they find it in our church probably Mm -hmm. Um, have I said some things I wasn't supposed to say on this very podcast (laughs) absolutely Beyonce you know yeah exactly so I mean they can if you you want to dive deep into any church you're going to find messy people right Um, production value 
Oh, on this piece? Yeah. <laughs> on, off the top? Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just Discovery, they got all the money. Oh, yeah. The you know? They have those beautiful cameras. And they got all the people to write all the scripts. Yeah. Oh, girl wasn't, uh, she wasn't saying all those things when uh, she was sleeping with him. Right. But now the relationship's over, she's got all to say. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know, man. I think it's pretty disgusting. I think uh, that we serve a God that gives us mercy and grace, and we need it because of things like that, of yeah. failures in our life. Yeah, and then on, 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 uh, and, and of course, I'm documenting and saying a lot of different things about those things, but, you know, but there is, there is um, repercussions for all of that, and hopefully there's people that are going to prosecute to the full extent of the law for the victims. Mm-hmm. The church should never hurt people. For sure. Um, it does happen, and, and that's not me apologizing for it, but I, I, I hope that justice is served and that it's, it sides with the victim. And but the Christian church should never be the one hurting anybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I think that the, these these pastors that get sideways in their in, in their celebrity, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they need to pay for what they've done. Yeah, you know, and whatever that looks like, if it's not to be back in um, in you know pastoral positions again, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, uh, because they had an opportunity. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that God don't love them and then that God doesn't forgive them. Right. Um, but some things you do forfeit some things in, in yeah. our life. Uh, and it's just the way, the way it is. Right. I'm all for their restoration as humans, and, you know, and they're not discounted from the grace and the, and the, the redemptive power of God. Absolutely. Everybody has that, right? Everybody has it available to them. But, um, would I be sitting in a church and call him pastor? Uh, I'd leave. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's, it's one of the things, like the more people that you have, the more you have, more exposure you have, and the more that you have the opportunity for bad things to go on. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a lot easier in a 30-man church to keep everybody cool and safe. Yeah. You know? let, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, since, you know, you're, you're, by all intents and purposes, you're starting out your journey with God. Everything's new right now. Mm-hmm. How did y'all perceive that? Just initial reaction. We should have let them go first instead well, of giving them... <laughs> the first thing yeah. I started to think is like... Uh, I don't know. It didn't give me a good taste in my mouth. At first I was thinking, you know, mixing these false idols, the celebrities that we prop up in our society with the church, I think it would have people going to the church for the wrong reasons and probably getting the wrong outcome out of church. Uh, And then I started to think, well, what's in it? What's in it for Discovery to run a hit piece on on this church? You know, uh, I try to think of everything through... You know, as if it was, it was meant to happen, right? So maybe this exposure has been a long time coming, that and somebody's been praying for this to happen. I just don't know. It's kind of I don't know much of the history of Hillsong Church, but the first thing in my mind is the glamour attached to it because of these celebrities we create in our society because they sing good or they dress cool or you know they're doing the things that are hip 
yeah. had a lot of followers. They expose themselves on the internet. You know, we prop them up. But you know, that doesn't. That also doesn't discount them from finding Jesus and having a relationship. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe they draw you to the church, and you see that they're they're making themselves vulnerable for the Lord. That could that could minister to a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm trying not to judge, but that was my initial reaction. Yeah. yeah. Matthew. Yeah. So for me, I'll say that uh, the production was very well mm-hmm. coming off the coming off the top. It definitely looked like this church was doing something very bad. And um, I've heard about Hillsong. I've heard a, a couple of things about them. I'm I'm not too into that kind of culture as far as the you know let's use our fame. Well, I am okay. So if you use your fame for good, then it can it can it can be good for people. Um, but what I saw from this is the narrative was it was just right off the bat because in today's society I already see how the media is attacking you know our people, and so it made me question it. It's like, is it finally out in the open? Are they finally getting caught for it, or is it just another attack? And I I heard uh, Pastor David say that, and it it kind of reassured me of that thought because. I grew up with the with the mindset of believe nothing you hear and half of what you see. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. with with those brothers out there, like Caesar was saying, I'd have to go check it out with my own eyes yeah. before I make that kind of opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good, That's good, good. good. Ryan, first initial reaction. First initial reaction. Uh, well, I saw the Justin Bieber and I saw the glitz and glamour. I don't know much about the church. I would have to say if I was going to make a good speculation, I would need to know more about what they're being prosecuted for or what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first reaction, um, I was thinking about... Uh, similar to what Seth was saying, I definitely saw uh, the Justin Bieber's and all that and the height to fame. But I have that that uh, confliction of like, you know, it, it's kind of hard for uh, somebody with that fame, you know, especially if they're, you know, like we were talking about yesterday with the desires and everything and how desires can control you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, do, I feel kind of bad for those people because, you know, they it, it may seem like it's so glamorous, but in the end of the day, like they can't go back to whoever that was. And if that devil has implanted its seed, it's probably harder for the ordinary. It's easier for the ordinary person to go to Jesus than it may be for that one who has so many hands in their bag that they're like just tearing them down as much as they can. And if you want to go yeah. to Jesus, you know, we'll, we'll put this on you and we'll, you know, if yeah. you want to be good in life, no, you're here to sell records. You're here to do this. It may be harder than what the external sees, the glitz and glamour, but yeah, but the church, I would like, I like, uh, Seth was saying, like y'all are saying, I would just have to see it for myself and I'd have to feel the, yeah. feel the energy that was moving in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's difficult when, um, when you have a church like that, especially in uh, New York, hang on one second. <clears throat> Excuse me, because you uh, New York being what it was, but pre-COVID, that's where all everybody was, right? Yeah. All the if you if you had a name, you you right. you rolled through New York. Yeah. And if you're looking for, you know, if somebody's looking out for a church, you're going to ro- roll through a uh, Hillsong because they've been the backbone of Christianity through music and yeah. uh, Pastor Houston's preaching for. Decades, yeah, decades. Yeah. Um, so they have 
a credibility, right. right? So you go there, and then you you, you have a, a Justin Bieber show up, and then now it's being co-signed by Justin Bieber, and then uh, Ja Rule comes in, and all these celebrities be coming through that church. Um, so it's not the pastor's fault that it becomes right. a celebrity's church. Right. It's kind of organically because of the uh, position they are in a certain city. Um, so it gets it gets tricky really quick, right? right? right. Stood as one person. I mean, you see how uh, a celebrity can uh, co-sign something on Twitter, and then that thing goes viral, and then somebody sells millions and millions of dollars in you know kitchen pots and pans. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Something silly yeah. like that. I just seen um, Kanye a, 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 com, a oh. commercial of the day where it was like one of the uh, the Tennessee Titans that he 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 texted or he like hashtag. Titan pans instead of Titan fans, and Titan pans was you know this little bitty mom and pop pots and pans thing, That's and awesome. she went viral and started selling all these all this stuff right, <laughs> just because he did a a, you know, a typo. A typo. Uh, anyways, so organically it, it probably had like the snowball effect in their church, mm-hmm. yeah. and for. Um, for a seasoned Christian as myself, how would I handle that? Much less a young late twenties, early thirties pastors oh, yeah. that it blew up on. Yeah. In my twenties, I would have blew up with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so it would have been I mean, I could see how this thing how this thing goes and um, so I think it's it's tough. Yeah, I think I would have liked to see that done by uh, Christianity today, just like they did oh, with yeah. Mars Hill. Yeah, because they, they did that with a lot of integrity. Yeah, they would have been more fair. Yeah, they would they would attack where they need to be attacked, and grace where they gave them grace, and then props where they give them props. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that would have been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but. We'll see. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it too. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Discovery Plus. So unfortunately, I'll watch, watch it. it. Um, All these pluses. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. pluses. You know what that plus the, means? Plus your money. Yeah. Plus a little more money. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to Jeff Bezos too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he probably owns it. He probably owns it. Yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't heard about that one yet. So, cool. Cool. All right. Seth. Killed it this Sunday. That's right. Oh, yeah. did. Oh, it was yeah. a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. People were talking about it. People are still talking about it. Um, Case in point. I could have sworn at one point you didn't realize 200 people were looking at you because you were just worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was all I prayed for. You know, I, I have experienced singing uh, for a crowd, you know, growing up in school and stuff. And I always had tried to have like a little gimmick. I would throw in a little comedic relief. Uh, so I would do some stupid dance move or something, you know, <laughs> to try to just make it into a show. And I knew it was going to be different this time. I tried not to even think about it, you know, the way this church has had an effect on my mind. I try to I try to think of everything, what is God, you know, I just try to make myself available to God to do things. And I, and I know he gave me a gift to sing. And so I was just praying, Lord, help me get through this song. You know, if it, if it touches people, 
people it'll touch people let me just help me get through this song and sing it you know praise you while I sing it and I said I even told them uh, Ryan and Matt before doing that I was like I'm probably just going to close my eyes the whole time and just let it happen yeah and that's exactly what I did it worked yeah. it worked well so um, tell us how you ended up at Elam Church and then let's go backwards from there I really God is such a works in my life in such a complex way I haven't even really figured out how I ended up at this church other than I just the strongest calling I've ever felt in my life was to come to this church and not only come to this church but to sing in the choir and uh, Mr. Nissen wasn't there the first week I I came to the church. So, so real quick, for context for our listeners, uh, one, how old are you? And then two, who's Mr. Nissen? Uh, so everybody it's else calls cold. him Brother Stacy or Stacy because there's so many Nissens in the church. I'm yeah. I'm about to turn 25. Or dad. Yeah. Yeah. Dad. Well, yeah. Y'all call him yeah. dad, but he references Pastor Ron as dad yeah. all the time. Like yeah. he's, you know, still... So, so who's who's Mr. Nissen to you? Mr. Nissen, he doesn't even know what he is to me, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I was such a bad kid. I just, I was a, I just had to push the limits as a kid, especially when I was in his ninth grade class with a room full of ninety other men or young men, and uh, I was just. I was not a good kid. And I think that really formed a, a perception of me in Mr. Nissen's eyes. And uh, I supported that perception <laughs> by getting in trouble with the law and stuff growing up. And uh, I kind of cleaned up my act a little bit. Or I, I calmed down a little bit. I, I started smoking weed in high school, and I chilled out on the extra mischievous actions. That'll do it. And uh, <laughs> But Mr. Nissen, he had no idea. I had so much respect. And I, just out of, out of all the choir teachers, I always liked Mr. Nissen the most. I had so much respect and regret for because I knew how he saw me at the time. And for some reason, I always knew I was going to, at some point, because I was always so close with Ben, I knew at some point I'm going to be able to patch things up with with Ben's dad, you know, and maybe one day be, be friends or on a friendly level with him. Right. And, you know, it was after Garrett, after what happened, after Garrett passed, I just felt this enormous calling upon my heart, this weight on my heart. I needed to come. I needed to support the family. <clears throat> you know, I needed to do something. I was like, I need. I'm gonna go join his choir. And mm-hmm. I went, and I guess Ben had told his dad about that, and so when he was there, he invited me, and I haven't looked back. Right. And my my life is just bursting at the seams with joy in every way. I, I give more of myself to God every day. I put more faith in Him, and more beautiful things seem just continue to amaze me. Day right. After day. Man, and uh, and for our listeners out there, he he mentioned a guy, a young man named Garrett, which is James' late late older brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is a family thing, you know, and one of the things that Pastor David and I, we were we were talking about on how even, even in very sad situations as that was on how 
Garrett's influence and that family's influence on your life, how I, that that drew you to a church, mm-hmm. and things started changing. So that's kind Erratic. of uh, radically. I look, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Things start changing, and like that's why I think all of us were excited whenever you guys were like, "Oh, they're coming here because people need to hear." What God can do, mm-hmm. so, and it doesn't take for to believe it. Yeah, it's yeah. So, so let's yeah. let's let's unpack that. You know, just a little more as we go on. But uh, Matt, Matt, Matthew, sorry, Matthew. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> this is grown up name, Matthew. Matthew. Matthew, yeah. Matthew. Yeah. That's the name you put on an email right there. <laughs> Matt. Yes, um, just t- tell us a little bit your age and how, how did you end up at Elam? So I'm a 1997 baby, 24, and uh, <laughs> I got underwear older than you. <laughs> that's, that's, two, so, that's 200 years after David. AD after David. Anyway, go ahead, Dean. <laughs> so Elam's actually been in my life probably all my life, and I didn't even know it. Um, come to find out, after I joined the church, I found out that my grandfather went to Elam. What? Oh, wow. And he's, that's, his name is James William Holland III, and my brother is the fifth. So... Um, no, when I started going to Elam, it, it had to do with, with Ben. I remember going to a convocation. That was my first time ever going into Elam was, was for convocation. And uh, I went with Terry, believe it or not. I went in there with, with one of our buddies, Terry. And we, we stuck out like a sore thumb. I'll tell you, we stuck out like a sore thumb. I don't know, man. We got some characters, we man. Some That's thumbs. true. That's a big thumb. We were just the new thumbs. So that was it. So, so we went to convocation, heard some great music. Uh, the Lord was definitely in the house. Um, you got to keep in mind this is these are two guys that that don't go to church every Sunday, you know. And we went to convocation, and it, it made an imprint. And I'd, I'd go to Elam on and off here and there a couple years with Ben. I'd always go with Ben. He'd always have some some trick, something like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing a solo," or "Oh yeah, we're you know music." music. Music, you know, uh, and uh, so I got to know a couple of people. I actually heard Caesar Caesar preach in the in the Bible study before before service. Oh, you still came back? I still came back. Man. Believe it or not, I didn't give up. And so. Um, I would say it wasn't until until Garrett's death that we, you know, all the all the homies, all the friends, we all gathered up and we were like, all right, look, check it out. Here's what's going on. All right, we got to be there for the family, but we all had this realization in the back of our head that, you know, not only could that have been any of us, but. It, it very well could have been any of us, and, and yeah. at some point in time in life, if we didn't, uh, if we weren't there for each other, we would have all been depressed in our own little state. But the fact that we came together as friends yeah. and, and was there for the Nissans, it was. We didn't know it. We were there for each other as well. Wow! And uh, we haven't missed a Sunday since that. Yeah. And really, it a lot of. A lot of life's great lessons have to do with the saddest things, and that that really does suck sometimes. But uh, God does it for a reason. He definitely, definitely does it for a reason to educate he you. He used it. Yeah. yeah, he used it. He mm-hmm. he did. And uh, we had a big group start going with us, and you know, up to this day, we only got three: me, Ryan, and and Seth. 
that are still there, you know? So The, the other ones are just probably looking like, let, let's see where this goes real quick. Yeah, the other ones were definitely trying to probably collect some debts or something, you know? So... It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't until we walked into that church with with uh, with sur- with us surrendering. We had to. We literally walked in there with tears in our eyes. You know, we had nothing to hide. We, so, gave, we gave it all all up in the open. What was what was the heart set, the mindset of when you came there? Besides just being there with the family, were were you guys? looking for something in life was there a was there something that was going on that you were just like man what's something else is not working i'm i'm looking or was it one of those true magical god things where you were there just to support and then bam god made himself real to you i'd say lightning struck yeah i was definitely searching oh yeah i mean i'm always searching for something spiritual but um I knew Garrett, um, and when I went there, uh, lightning kind of struck for me because I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the service, and I just noticed the praise of God. I just was imagining, you know, this is my son, my brother. I'm I'm young, but you know what I mean. I was just imagining it, but I saw the praise of God, and I was like, wow, like that takes a seriously strong mind. It takes faith. It takes God. It takes Jesus, and it was like lightning struck me there. And uh, I knew that uh, Garrett was used with God. I could see it. And then his visions were coming into my head. And it just struck me. And it, it definitely changed me. I had been, like, saved in my own realm before. But I had been looking for Jesus. There was a time where it felt like I, I said this to uh, I said this to, uh, Caesar. Uh, there was a time where it felt like all I could hear was the devil. And, and But that was my own. That was me. That was uh, me not with a veil over my eyes if the devil put it over there or not he was there the whole time but it felt like he was so far away because I always tried to be close to something wanted to hear something and it felt like everything I was hearing was wrong or just it was it just knew and I'd tell my girl that she freak out when I'd say that and I was like look I'm not saying this is what I want I'm just saying I just that's what I was hearing because in my life that's just where it went uh, because of maybe my desires what I wanted to start doing something and then and it just got to there but that day definitely once we started we just all sat down and we talked and we were going to start going and it was a gradual thing you know I'm a little timid it's like putting your toes in the water mm-hmm. but at some point you just dive right in as yeah. you keep doing it so what, what's the difference between you three and the rest of the homies that quit coming uh well, God worked a miracle in my life, uh, saved me from addiction. I was I was addicted to meth. I guess this is my first time publicly admitting that. But uh, I was in a pit of misery. You know, I went through ugly relationship that had a kid involved, and uh, my beautiful, beautiful four-year-old daughter Ella. Um, so I was feeling sorry for myself, trying to make a bad relationship work turn to drugs uh i always feel like i had uh, some type of grip on religion in my mind uh i looking back i didn't i looked at it as a thing religion as a thing that people did not not god moving amongst people but uh 
I, when I was doing drugs, when I was, I was spiraling out of control, but I was holding on to faith because I have so many people that have believed in me throughout my life. So many people that have loved me when I didn't deserve it. And they were continuing to love me during this time. And I just knew this isn't who I am that, you know, I'm not going to be this person. I was never content with being a meth head, with being a dope head. I was ashamed. I, I tried to hide. Uh, you can ask these guys. These were still my friends, but they never saw me do it. Not at once. I, I never, would never bring it because I lived in shame. And I remember one night specifically, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know if y'all have ever done meth or any type of stimulants. You don't have to answer if you have. But, like, your mind is just going, going, going. Same thing as Adderall, Vyvanse, all that stuff is pilled build meth your mind's just going going and i was trying to fill that void by studying the bible and studying all these spiritual things i was reading these texts some of it would take me off and whatever but i would listen to the bible while i was working and stuff trying to fill that void and it started to distinguish itself to me but i was still doing drugs and uh, i started to formulate i realized jesus isn't this mythical being he walked this earth just as we are walking now it took him out of this caricature and put him into a real life perspective for me and one day I was sitting on the couch in the middle of the night as dope heads too and I just I broke down in tears and I was like I can't do this on my own like please Jesus come here and help me and it felt like I was in the presence of the beast that was my addiction I felt like he was I was in his presence and I just felt a, a, a wave wash over me of forgiveness of, you know of love and a little sliver of disgust of myself but then just washed with a comfort and from that moment on I knew that was Jesus entered that room and saved me from the beast of my addiction from that moment on like like that meth was out of my life for the rest of the thing I did I started putting in a thing and I was like what am I even doing like this isn't gonna do anything for me I threw the stuff away and I never went back to it uh, that was September of 2020, September 28th of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. And so it was very powerful because I witnessed a lot of the, I witnessed the growth and, you know, I was always there for Seth. I mean, I, do, I can't, I, I wasn't somebody that could judge. I've done a lot of things. I, I didn't go there, but, you know, one thing I'd noticed when I'd come uh, over, I'd still, I would, I feel like I would be one of the guys that would just come over and just, yeah, I, we would, I wouldn't that. speak about it and it, it kind of it was hard I didn't know how to talk about it but I I was just I had decided that I just need to be here for him <laughs> um, and when I was going through it and I was seeing you know I don't know I was just I was like I just need to be here for him yeah. um, and let him know that you know he's got people here and yeah. yeah, it was exactly what I needed because I, I was so shameful that if, if it were to be brought up, I would probably lash out because I was so tr covered with shame. Yeah. Nobody was was confronting me like that. And it just it really left it all between me and God or me and Jesus. And 
boy he worked it out for me I just had to see and now so it's so crazy how that how the worst part of my life out of that has blossomed the most beautiful thing that could ever be because then you say well was that meant for me was I meant to go through the nine months of misery of my mom literally started having heart problems because she was so worried about me she was hospitalized for like three days of chest pain and that was actually the week that I was saved I was so overwhelmed with guilt I, I hold all the guilt for that and Jesus saved me and saved her and you know she she's so happy now she was crying Sunday filming it and everything <laughs> so I uh, I sent I sent Matthew over here a, a Facebook friend request today and uh, of course just like what and he accepted thank you uh, but whenever uh, you know whenever somebody whenever somebody uh, the, uh, lets you see their page and stuff like that or they accept your friendship of course what does everybody do you want to stalk them right yeah, hey, praise, praise the Lord so I just wanted you know and I talked to him on Sunday for a little bit and he was telling me a little bit of his background and all that but one of the things that he did one of his recent posts was actually Seth singing on Sunday morning oh yeah and and it, my first just initial reaction was that is like man that is a friend right there you say that um, you got finished singing um we sit on the opposite sides of you guys, so yeah. so I got I get to look cr- straight across. Um, and when you finish singing, these two guys jumped up out of their seat, and I was just like, "Wow, what what oh, yeah. uh, friendship and what support that they got for this guy?" Um, because it wasn't just like they were just like, "Oh man, Seth did a great job." Golf clap. Yeah, but they were just like so proud of you. So I knew there was some like history there oh, that like that they were. So- seeing something we wasn't seeing yeah. right they see, they seen your journey from where you were to singing from the lord on the stage we don't, the church. we don't cry in front of each other but i was i'm not gonna lie I, I i kept it together and everything but i got home and my fiance had some errands to run and i was just i just broke down to be honest out later i was yeah. just yeah, that's what men do so <laughs> i was say Wow, you are so good to me. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt, um, on that post as well, then I think I saw your mom's comment mm. on, on that, and it was just beautiful. I was like, I was sitting yeah. in my office, and I was just like, I was just praising God for that, that He's still in the saving business, you know. And so you guys, beautiful. you guys are you know, 24, 25 in that area, right? And and it, it was so refreshing for me to talk to you guys uh, on Sunday because whenever we talk about church and and especially for young 24 uh, your young 20s mm-hmm. you know it a lot of people think that it has to look a certain way it has to be a hill song and no shade throwing you know over there right, but because yeah. you know we do some of those elements as well but in talking with y'all y'all le- y'all legitimately got it you're there for the presence mm-hmm. of the Lord you're there for the word of God and you're there to serve him and Absolutely. and and I, I, re- I remember whenever I was in my 20s and whenever I came to the Lord it was all about that it wasn't about the hype it wasn't about the smoke the mirrors it was just a genuine my soul needed to be satisfied and the only person that can do that 
was Jesus. And I, and I, I, I see that exactly in y'all. So whenever, you know, y'all talking about this, it just takes me back. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's what we need. And I'm telling you, the entire church is looking at y'all. And no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no I mean, pressure. Not, not, they're not looking at y'all in a certain way that you have to live up to anything. Yeah, no. But they're looking at y'all because y'all, y'all bring something fresh. Inspiring. Inspiring, yes. I, I felt that when I first walked in. Um, I never thought that I was something that was worthy of to be a, a tool of God or anything. Uh, I've went to churches and I always hid my hat under my brim. I was like, don't look at me. I'm not raising my hand. I, I'm going to stay over here in this corner. Yeah. Yeah. But I, when I walked into the church and I, and I started feeling this feeling of like, wow, this, is, this isn't uh, just about me. Uh, it's about God yeah. but it's like through all these people the strength of God and like when we go to Pastor Ron Sunday schools yeah. I would sit there and think I, I would get so much joy my cup would fill up in those Sunday schools and it's not just because I'm learning the word uh, it's because I'm also giving Pastor Ron something he's, he's saving some kids and I can yeah. see that and I never had that type of foresight and I could just see that God was giving me that foresight yeah. and it just filled my cup up and I'm like I'm gonna go to all those when I'm late I feel bad you know what I mean like I've been in that yeah, me and Tara have been going to that same class I know yeah, yeah I know yeah he was late this last Sunday so, but yeah. I was giving him a hard time yeah how, how how crucial is that class for you guys it's taught it's uh, one of my favorite I mean outside of choir just because you can tell Pastor Ron I don't know what he was doing before we got in the church but he loves that he loves that class and I would I'm going to be going there whenever we finish the binder Pastor Ron if you're listening we could just start it over (laughs) (laughs) and we learned a lot of good things like there's things that we'll learn in that Bible like when we got baptized uh, it felt like the devil was angry and you all got baptized together not not at the same time but but (laughs) (laughs) I was running up there all happy then don't touch them guys those are my (laughs) (laughs) everybody knows his boys everybody knows that Mm -hmm. yeah no man that's so awesome so much Ryan you were uh, um, earlier you said um, Mm -hmm. that you've always kind of been a spiritual person and 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 kind of been on a spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and I've heard that from a lot of people right Um, uh, that doesn't always necessarily equate to them following the God of the Bible right but they know that there's something out there and they try different modes and methods to try to connect with that would you just kind of give us a little background a little history of kind of what you've right. done what you've okay. seen well they say uh, curiosity killed the cat no nah. you got nine lives praise Jesus so I've been I've dibbled and dabbled in the psychedelics and uh, all that type of stuff when I first started doing that it wasn't about uh, I wasn't about trying to be spiritual but what happened was I'm an artist I like to draw I like music I like all the fine art stuff uh I started really trying to dive into the spirit and try I like to write, you know, I love all that stuff. So I tried to dive into the spirit. Uh, I would do it to find something cool to draw or, you know, let me see something. But at some point I did start to dive in. And um, so we started doing this, uh, this psychedelic called dimethyltryptamine. We were in the uh, woods. We were in the woods for about seven days. This is the craziest experience because I had done it before. The first time I had did it, somebody had offered it to me on my 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not doing that. But then some buddies did it, and I was like, I'm not letting them get cooler than me. I'm going to do that. So this Uh, was at 18? Yeah. 18 was So this was this was this uh, experience um, Mm -hmm. guided, or just a bunch of kids in the woods doing it? Okay, so um, the first experience I did it, I didn't really get much out of it because I was scared. Like uh, when I did it, I I was scared of it. Uh, And then years went by, uh, but time instantly kind of changed everything that I thought before pre-18. It was a little different now because I had experienced something that kind of took time and threw it out the window. Mm. Um, So I I had had an ego problem. I I realized that through doing that um, because I would run from whatever experiences I'd have once they did come. I'd ask for it, but once I did see it, I would run from it. Uh, But there was some... I saw some interesting stuff. I, I guess I'll just get into the the story of what I saw. Uh, so the first day in the woods, um, we were like, "All right, every time you do this stuff, everybody look. You, you, no matter how many times you've done it, it all the guy, all the people in the room have done it a hundred times, and you're still gonna look at each other and be like, "All right, who's doing it first? It's like the scariest roller coaster. You love roller coasters, but <laughs> that roller coaster, you're like, who? Okay, who's gonna ride it first? Mm. I'm not. I don't have the courage." do that and long story short uh we just go into it and so this time i see these uh i just light it up and i'm like i'm asking something i want to see something uh i've said that there's this little uh tunnel it's like a, a geometric tunnel um, and i'm used to seeing that but this time i saw this clown it was like this clown being and i was like okay that doesn't seem normal that shouldn't be in this realm of things mm-hmm. so i focused my energy on it I po- I, and it was when it when i focused it on it, it was kind of looking at me it's like you see me it was like like almost like it was hidden in the geometric shape of things but once i noticed it uh, it was like oh you do see me it was like follow me it was like follow me so i followed it and then I had done DMT many times, but I had never experienced anything like this. DMT is all this geometric patterns and all that stuff. But when it said follow me, and I was like, I, I, I kind of hesitantly, I was like, I don't want to follow it, but curiosity killed the cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a lot of people in that realm would not have followed that thing. They'd have been like, ah, I followed it. And I went in, I was like, okay. And, uh, boom the tunnel is gone and now i'm in this realm of like vibrant colors and i'm just looking i'm like this is insane i don't know what it is i'm seeing uh and they were just kind of cursing me these little jesters they were kind of like cursing me and at first when i was getting cursed i was like oh oh, i don't don't like that like these guys are mean like they got it's like they trapped me in their little room and now they can make fun of me and pick at me but then i was like you know what and i started cursing them and this was in my own little realm of things and it was very interesting. They felt like they started showing me things after that. It almost felt like they had appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had it, we had it for seven days. So we go into it every day. I'm like, I want to okay, I want to see those gestures. I don't know why. Most people probably wouldn't have want to seen that. I don't know what was wrong with me. I'm curious, curious of the spiritual realm, and I knew that there was something wrong with that. There was something up with it, but I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to know before I was sure. I was asking the buddies I was doing it with. I was like, what? Where did the gestures start? Did you see the gestures? <laughs> Where did the one time I like 
mm-hmm. the trip is over at what a period of time? Like so five, seven minutes type? Five, stuff. seven minutes, but it feels uh, it about the time, it feels like you're dead every time almost. Like it feels, it does. It's similar and, to dreams time. Yeah, you know, it time feels time like it's been a long time, sense. but you could have been asleep for 15 minutes and had a long dream. It's kind very of similar a lucid to that. dream, I think is what but they call them. Yeah. What, yeah. what ended up happening with it is I, I wanted to see it many times, but okay, so we get to the end of the seven day experience. I have not, I've kept wanting to see those things. I have not been spiritually guided by the by Jesus, and I really wish I would. Well, I mean, how are you going to be in one of these experiences, you know? Yeah. But um, I kept wanting to see it, kept wanting to see it, never saw it, and it felt like it was conditioning my mind. It was manifesting itself in my mind. You want to see me. Uh, and so I was going through those seven days, and finally once the seventh day, it's the last hit of this stuff. I'm like, I want to see it. I want to see it. I haven't seen it since the first time. And I mean, you can, you can only pick up a grain of sand from this beach that you go to. It's like, you can't take it all with you. You can only take this little bitty handful. I want to see it. Uh, okay. So it shows itself to me. And then I see what I think is the, the, the jesters like, Oh, here it is. Here's my buddy. He was making fun of me. I was making fun of him. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into this being this fire, this being of fire. And it had like more than one face, more than one arm. And it was making these chompy faces like... Mm. It was doing some weird things with its eyes and making these chompy faces at me. And its face looked like it was going from life to death. And this one, I tried to cower away from. I was like, I was trying to look away from it. And it wouldn't let me. Mm. And I was stuck for 15 minutes, but which felt like a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and I came back from that one. I was like, okay, I never did it again after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember I was so, like, even from what I saw, and this is something I'm not proud of, but this is the, this is the true, genuine experience I had from it. When I saw that being, uh, um, the only thing that I could do inside of this internal spirit, the only thing I could do was praise it. And that's just the honest fact. And I know that my God would never use some trickster little things to present itself to me for praise. I know that was not my God. But the thing about it is that through God, that thing has no power. Mm -hmm. So what I had seen, whatever it was, real, within my own internal... It shook me for a while. It had me looking into it for three years. You can ask my buddies. I'd probably talk. I'd probably search on every nexus. All the D, they, they called uh-huh. it the DMT nexus, where people talk about what they'd seen. Yeah, yeah. I never expressed myself on gestures that. are like a common thing, right? right. In, in DMT, right? Uh, like the, the elves, uh, uh, right? Um, which is is I'm very mm-hmm. curious. Yeah, with the with the trip because I think. Should I? I don't. I don't want to get into too too much mm-hmm. because I don't want to be a stumbling block for anybody. But I'm very. No. I'm, I'm very curious mm-hmm. on the positive effects that DMT could be uh, on certain people done by physicians. Right. Yeah. It has to have, there has to be a guide. That's what I learned. Or you have to That's go why I asked you, was it just a bunch of kids in the woods or was it a bunch it, of kids in the woods and I, I had an internal, I had internal problems when I did this. Like I yeah. had things that were not on the surface yeah. that I was dealing with. If I had a guide, if I had somebody that told me they loved me in this experience, mm-hmm. if I had all these things, it could have been different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I'm not mad about what I saw from it. But I, I did know that after the years, it felt like I had a monkey on my back after that situation. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like I was uh, succumbed to something. There could have been something great, but I turned my eyes away and I and I came to this trick, this 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 deception, uh, and it made me. And it made it made it ponder my mind what I saw for years. And I I I know this for a fact, being a youth pastor now for many years now that young people but all, all people mm-hmm. they have this curiosity with the spiritual realm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and God does not shy away from the word of God does not shy away from telling us that there is such a realm that exists right mm-hmm. right because even so it tells us that the battle that we are fighting is not a battle of flesh, of flesh and blood but it is a spiritual warfare that we're in right but God has also put some prohibitions on his believers said all right don't go there right don't do that yeah. it's not because it doesn't exist it's because we need you need to guard your heart yeah. and, and I will protect you from that because you can get into some crazy crazy Mm -hmm. scenarios but Mm -hmm. you know i i love hearing your testimony uh, that that i'm sure it's bigger than that that was just one you know isolated incident but there let me ask you a quick question i don't want to go past it yes so did you did you know or feel like it was definitely a spiritual thing uh or you like after you yeah or you was just tripping but when you really just sat down and thought it you knew it was a spiritual I, ride. The thing about it, the, that mess, the, the thing with the gestures versus all my other experiences with the dimethyltryptamine is that everything kind of has this geometrical pattern but I saw these things like I see you, y'all. Mm-hmm. So it took me out of the geometrical, this the tunnel and then it was like boom, I'm just like in this other thing and I was like at all, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I probably shouldn't have seen it because mm-hmm. uh, I shouldn't fixate my mind on whatever it was they might have been playing a trick on me right like I don't know I had years of study on just that certain thing because I can't even tell you exactly what I saw uh, there's this and there's people who have drawn what I've seen I've, I've found but that none of no artist including myself I tried to draw it the day I saw it no artist has capsulated or actually captured but they've done good enough to where I'm like oh this person's seen it yeah uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that other people seen it when I first went through it. I think one important thing, like to how we know it's a spiritual experience uh, is because like when you consume uh, enough amount of it, you literally feel as if your soul is leaving your body. Like a sensation goes from your feet up and shoots out of your head. Like you, the noise, you, you call it blasting mm-hmm. off. You literally blast off and you know you are not in the physical realm anymore. You're just as conscious as you are in this physical realm, but you're existing in a, like a dream state. And just like you were saying, you can only take a grain of sand just like a dream. You only remember what you saw right before you wake up. So, and then we also get caught up trying to explain it, and you can kind of like yeah. mess it up just like just like right. anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think it's interesting because I've even heard I've done a little bit of, uh, of study on it. That's why I'm asking mm-hmm. questions that I right. think people would want to know. Um, but even atheists, after they 
come off of a trip of 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 it, they know it's a spiritual thing. Oh yeah, yeah. they it's, they it's, experience, it's and, they, and they also say that um, that they realize they're only a little piece of a greater yeah. universe or a right. greater it's thing a, with an yeah. overriding spiritual mm-hmm. being. And, right. and of course, yeah. they're atheists, so they're not going to say God or Jesus. Right. But I just th- I just thought that was um, super interesting, and, and and to go back to Seth, when you said something earlier, how even when you were doing meth, it pushed you to the Bible, right? Um, my best friend growing up, uh, we're not best friends anymore just because he just took a long road on meth. Mm-hmm. And I, I I got saved and he didn't. Um, but it pushed him to the Bible. Um, so what I begin to think and, and just really allow the Lord to, to speak to me, it's not the drug, because if all of these different drugs and all these different experiences are happening and they're pushing us towards a spiritual thing, right. it's almost like these these drugs are allowing you to connect with the God that's in you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, it, I, mean, it, I believe it's in Romans. It talks about how everybody everybody believes that there's God, even the most atheist. But what it says is that we suppress the knowledge of the truth. Humanity cannot escape truth claims as much as we want to. We don't like putting, you know, uh, setting anything down and saying this is absolute fact. And whenever Jesus said he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life, those are truth claims. Yeah. There's no wiggle room there, and it all points to the truth. Reality, uh, even things that exist in the faith realm, God is true in all, in all and everything, because everything that was made was made by Him and for Him, right? And just like that, like we're, you know, what, what you're talking about, you have you have these existential uh, uh, realities and experiences that you go through, and yet it leaves you lingering and wanting because all of humanity wants satisfaction, and we run to everything. Uh, to get that, but let, let, let's uh, and that's man, that's uh, people need to hear that, and that's awesome. Thank and, you for sharing and that. And I, I just want to make this like claim right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that we are talking about are, are seem very fascinating, yeah, right? Not endorsing it. We're no, not endorsing no, it. No, this not is just, it. No, we're no. not any of that um, because uh, normally you find people that are doing this, they're in a, a bad place of life, yeah. or they're they're struggling, looking for something, trying to cope, and any. Time that you um, come out from the natural state of your the, what God has given you, you, right. you open up on the doors for the enemy. So we're, exactly. we're, we're, I just want to put that out there. Right, right, no, right. Absolutely, that was something I was actually going to say. That was something that I learned from it. It is a spiritual experience, but there's more spiritual. You know, the, the realm of things is like it feels more like a like a like a guy with the candy in the back of the van. Yeah, you know, that's what that that was that spiritual experience for me. It was a guy. It was somebody tricking me. It didn't. So I'm not saying that there. All it did was prove to me that there is a God because. Yeah. That's because I'm not. I don't think you get God from D 
DMT, but you do get a spiritual realm of things. Mm-hmm. I don't you know why it is. You have no idea. You, you, everything yeah, you everything, think you know, yeah. you have no idea yeah. what's yeah. going on. This is a lot bigger than what I yeah. initially thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much deeper. And uh, and uh, Matthew, let's hear, man. Let's hear from the from the, uh, the quiet, the one quiet in the room. guy in the room. Quiet yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was uh, I was talking to you on Sunday. We were kind of talking about how to formulate a testimony and all that. And you just went all into it. I'm like, man, you don't need my help. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you, you, you went, you, man, you, you went straight into it, and it was perfect. It was improvised. <laughs> that well, that that was it. And uh, if you can, man, just kind of, just kind of share what you shared with me. And uh, uh, knowing that I hadn't practiced since then, <laughs> <laughs> from the heart, man, that's the best message. Yeah. So. My testimony, I, I actually grew up, I guess you could say in the church, not like the Nissans over here, but... Uh, they are the church. They, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but I went to Sunshine right there off of Green Shadow. It's in Pasadena, Sunshine Daycare. And uh, so I had that as a kid, you know, I had that guidance a little bit as a kid, not even knowing it was guidance, you know. And then um, my parents had me when they were teenagers, so they didn't know what they were doing, obviously. <laughs> Shout out to all the teenage yeah. mom and dads mm-hmm. out there. I was one of them. <laughs> so my dad joined the Marine Corps because he's like, you know what? I'm kind of a not good kid right now, had, had having a kid. So he joined the Marine Corps thinking, all right, you know what? We're going to go infantry because uh, there's no war going on right now. Good to go. So that was in 1999. Well, you know, mm. 2001 happened. That changed everything. So from, you know, I moved out there with them to to California. And we lived off base at first. We lived in an apartment. You know, we... They didn't know what they were doing, and I was along for the ride. I'll say that much. And uh, so I lived on on a bunch of different military bases. Uh, grew up that 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 structured, but very unstable. You know, if that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. it's it, you shine in chaos and and uh, and that. So I had a loving family. My mom was amazing. My dad was a great dad. Uh, 2003 rolls around and everything kind of changes. You know, he, he went from like, yeah, we're kicking their their butts over there to, well, now we're taking some guys. You know, so a lot, a lot changed really quick too. You know, those those whole welcome home, let's go to the zoo for free trips turned into let's just sit at the house and not do anything and you know, and and fight. You know, there was a lot of fight. Like the fight was never over for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing that as a kid, you don't really understand that kind of stuff. So I remember, you know, they were going upstairs one time. This was in San Diego when he was a drone instructor. He, uh, they were fighting, and I, I told him, you know, I'm, I was less than 10 at the time. I think I, maybe I was 10 years old. But I, I looked at him, and I said, if y'all get divorced, I'm going my own way. You know, like as a kid, they just laughed. They're like, hey, that's funny, you know. And we're not getting a divorce. That's dumb. That won't happen. Well, it happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think about that every time I see couples fighting, you know. There's no reason to. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason to. But, uh, it's a bad way to communicate. It is, and that's what it is, is communication. And that's, that's some problems he had, you know, with PTSD, TBI especially, mm-hmm. you know, traumatic brain injury, is uh, the communication wasn't there, no patience. And people don't take time to think about that, uh, you know, in your everyday life. You never know who you're talking to or where, where their mind's at at the time. So you got to be, you know, respectful always. I believe that may be in the Bible. I don't know. Don't quote me. <laughs> um, so a whole bunch of that went on. I was always kind of a traveler, you know, because of the military. You, you know, you're never this, you're never at the same spot for over a year. Well, two years at a time, I guess. So 
I grew up with a lot of kids that knew that they were the new kid. So nobody got to know each other. I got friends in all kinds of different states, but they, you know, they're, uh, I only knew them for a year at a time, you know. Deer Park or Pasadena, that was the only place that was actually home. You know, every time my dad would go on an extensive tour, my mom would come home. So I'd go here. And those those kids were all my friends. They all remembered me. They all showed me respect. And that was that was different because, you know, going to being the new kid all the time to, hey, y'all remember Matt? It's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I felt like I was at home. And so we we did a lot of traveling until you know, my dad did. He did five combat tours with the Marine Corps. I think six tours all together with the Marine Corps. Wow! And uh, he was infantry. He was with two one. Um, he was a raider. So y'all know that cool, like uh, you know, the, it's like a triangle with the skull and the stars. You may have seen it on Call of Duty. Yeah. He's got that tattooed on him. So it's uh, it's it was a different lifestyle growing up. You know, you're around a bunch of guys. It's pretty much like a mafia. You know what I mean? Like they're uh, they're all slaying bodies over there, coming home and thinking they're gonna. Continue to uh, do whatever work it is that they were doing. So y- you kind of grow up with a with a be water mindset. You know, you got to be water. You got to fit in and adapt to any environment because, well, that's just how it is. You know, being the new kid, especially, you got to do that. Uh, so they divorced when I was I was about thirteen years old. You know, we tried to try to follow, try to keep that together. It didn't work. It was a split home, so we came back to Texas. That's when that's when the devil saw his opportunity, honestly, in my life. He was like, okay, this kid, let's take the, the father figure, a very strong father figure, out um, out of the way. Okay, because that's, that's what he likes to do. He likes to split the family up, divide and conquer. That's his thing. So my mom... Uh, <laughs> If she's a strong lady, she was a key volunteer, but uh, trying to raise my dad's kid was uh, not easy at all, at all. So I rebelled naturally, uh, got into things that that I couldn't do, and just 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 I had this this anger in me that I didn't know I had, and it wasn't nobody's fault, but life you know life just beats you up so many times and you just get sick of it so i rebelled against my mom and that wasn't really the right move at the time i wish i could take that back because man but she was right i'll tell you that much you want to hear it from your mom but she's right um whenever i rebelled it was just horrible you know i i I got to the point where she even was like you know i was was smoking weed i was uh just hanging around the wrong crowd and and, and it was honestly kind of easier because none of these kids around here had that type of life experience to to understand how water moved and how to how to do certain things so so you climb to the top real quick in the wrong crowd and now you find yourself as like uh just lost you're just completely lost you know you you don't know the people you're with you don't know what you're doing you think it's cool because social media is doing it and all these rappers and everybody's doing it hey man it it completely changed my culture from what i grew up with you know i grew up with like the respect discipline that kind of stuff and then it was just like now you're on the streets doing whatever you want to do you can do anything you want to well without your armor without that scripture you, you tend to shape uh, shape your experience through doing, I guess, or shape your knowledge through experience, I guess is a better term. So it's almost as I like to, I like to reference, reference this is, uh, if you, uh, 
if you don't, I don't, I'm trying to find my words here because it's, it's kind of a big deal. All right. Um, if you don't have that armor, where were we at? I just got lost. I just got completely lost. No, you're good, man. Um, I think that. Um, well, you were you, so, you were talking about it. it was quick for you to rise to the top. Yeah. Uh, whenever you know you had that experience, the experiences that you uh, had that shaped your yes. life. Yes, this is this is why the devil tried to throw it out of my head just now. Check it out. So when when I was reading the Bible as a kid, right? You can read something all day long, just like you can tell somebody something all day long. You know, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So my experience with the Bible was I could read it, but I couldn't understand it. So the what helped me understand the Bible was that experience, was going out and making those mistakes and and shaping me. So <clears throat> So if so if you have if you have nothing but freedom and you're out there in the wilderness as Pastor Mark calls it you're going to you're going to touch the fire you know what i mean and and you can know scripture but until you have that experience behind it or until you you got that that flame on your hand can you truly understand why that sentence was so important in that book it's not just jumbled together stuff there's a reason for it and uh, like i said you can tell somebody something all day long but until they have that experience and emotion behind it can they understand that mm-hmm. and that's a huge difference that we kind of oversee especially nowadays with social media you know it's just really easy to oh that's it's a million dollar house that's cool whatever right yeah. well somebody put a lot of years in to get that yeah. million dollar house yeah. you're you referenced pastor mark's messages these last few weeks about the wilderness uh but you you actually had a wilderness experience and all your oh. moving around yeah. and all that so yeah. can you just elaborate just a little bit on so, that so that yeah so uh while i'm touching all these flames and learning the not the fun way i'll say uh, God led me to to this this place that grows potatoes. It's called Idaho, and I didn't know that Idaho actually had some beautiful spots in it. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say beautiful potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they got some beautiful potatoes. Let me just tell you, but they have this place called actually. It's funny enough. It's where I ended up was called Priest Lake, and that's north of uh, Spirit Lake and. And uh, Coeur d'Alene, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, the my Bible Belt, Spirit Lake, and Priest, <laughs> and, and that's what's funny. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't know about any of these things up there. It was like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm going to go to this place called Coeur d'Alene. It's felt weird. Nobody will remember it. Whatever. Cool. So I go up there with the job in, in hand, um, with my dad as well. My dad went up there. He's doing stuff for you know. He was doing some work. He said, "I got you a job. Come up here. Let's you know. Let's read some scripture." Let's get your mind right. All right, done. Wilderness. Let's go. Rocky Mountains. Here I go. So I'm up there, and we're there for about a week, and that job falls through. I'm talking like some some tests were happening, and you know my dad's putting me on game. He's telling me just read the book. It doesn't matter what you think spiritually. Just keep reading. You got to have your armor. You have to have your armor. So I'd sit there and I'd read. I'd read. I'd read, and I would learn and I would understand because of all the experiences I went with. I read this same verse like 10 times in my life but like oh now it makes sense okay i understand been there before yeah so 
we we hit I hit this spot where it was like it just started getting too easy it's like wow this is too easy so out of nowhere boom something big happened I can't really get into that yet y'all wait till the next podcast all right <laughs> um, but my dad had to end up going back to Texas he went back to, to Houston and I was stuck up there and it was a very sticky situation because he was homeless at the time that's why we're doing these state park things I, I guess I can get into that um, but he, he went back to Texas, left me up there. That job fell through, and it was actually because of corruption. It was a government job, and we didn't agree with what they were doing, and we weren't going to fold. So we actually <laughs> almost had to shoot our way out of that one, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, my dad went back down to Houston. I'm up there. I get with uh, I had a cousin up there that I didn't know I had up there. So I get with him and I start excavating for this guy, you know, under the table pay. You know, he's like, you got to get home to Texas before it starts snowing. Once it starts snowing, you're stuck. They shut down the highways. I'm like, nope, nope, uh-uh. So I I hustle, I work, you know, I'm sleeping out of a Suburban. I got a 2007 Suburban jacked up black H-Town style, you know. <laughs> and uh, there's a, you know, I highly recommend getting one of those in case you ever go homeless because <laughs> that is a great, great place to live. Had a kitchen, had a bed, had a workstation, all kinds of stuff. Had a grill in the back, you just pull out $20 from Walmart, get a deal. So that was my real are you about that life test. You don't have your dad, you don't have money, you don't have nothing but this book. Are you going to be about it? Well, I had no choice. That was kind of, that was what that was. And, and that didn't, that doesn't mean that I had it down right then and there. That was when I decided that I'm going to start taking these words serious. Because I felt, okay, yeah, I already knew this, but do I practice it? Yeah, you know, that might not make them happy if I don't practice it. And that's kind of where I was going with that mindset because I saw what happened, you know. Um, <laughs> that's that's probably what caused my dad to have to go back down to Texas was, was being defiant like that. Um but anyways, I, I ended up getting my funds right. I prayed, prayed, prayed. I acted, and God provided the whole way. Like, I'm talking shut down the highway and opened it. Like, you know, it was snowing, and I just must have got behind the snowplow, you know, something. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he gave me safe passage from, from there down back to Texas. And it was... Uh, it was back in the wilderness from there, you know, is which is opposite. It was flip-flops. I was in the wilderness, which seemed a lot more safe because I had my book and nobody to, you know, test me. And I went back into the city and it was like, okay, you got your armor. You got your, your different eyes now. You know, you can see all the jokes and you can see all the tricks and all the, the gestures, as Ryan says. <laughs> and... Uh, it, that's when when your te- your your faith is really starting to be tested is is in that moment because he's going to keep the devil is going to keep trying to to do things to bring you away from him and really the only way to protect yourself is to is to learn the book and i still ain't got it down yet i'll tell you but but it, I, i'm blessed to understand that when when was that experience so idaho i think that was 2020 <laughs> go ahead keep going you're, you're right over there i was trying to have to burp in the mic i sucked it back down 2020 2020 2021 somewhere around there yeah. i think it was the winter into 2020 wow. and yeah i had gotten laid off because i was in like the restaurant hospitality or hospita- <laughs> hospitality industry and uh they shut all of it down shut it down so i was like all right you know what 
I'm free. I'm flexible. Uh, so I went up there, but I just uh, I can't. As I'm talking right now, I'm actually putting the pieces together. I haven't reflected on it. Like I have, but I haven't, you know, I haven't at all. It's going to blow you up your whole it's, life. God's yeah. just been working since. And when he's working, you don't really have time to, well, you do. But in certain cases, you just kind of so, got to keep moving. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you're in the midst, right? When you're right in the middle of it and you're going through all those different things to really understand what God is doing. Yeah. But we can look back on our life and go, oh, that's yeah, why I'm here yeah, right now. Yep. Because I have I had to do all of, I had to drive, you know, thousands of miles through the snow. Yeah. Uh, okay, God, yeah. now I see, you know. Yeah. Um, so, um, man, I, I'm just like, when you're talking, I'm just like locked in, yeah. right? And I just kind of think like, what's the next five, seven, ten years look like for you guys' life? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, so excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got what can't wait to team. see. That was a great team. Yeah. One I'm, thing I told Caesar. Oh. I just need to keep my eyes. The thing is, with me, I, I I was very honest. I don't know. I was an open book that day. No, a lot of times I'm reserved, like I said before we started. But I was an open book that day. But one thing with me, what I see in five to ten years, is I need to be very aware because I feel like with my life and my desires and what I want to do with my life and everything, with all this art and all this speculation and media, and all that stuff and the ego of the human. I feel like it's a little window that that devil's waiting that the devil's waiting for that he could he just looking for that little window and with me this is just a personal feeling the smallest window he could try and reach in and snatch me up and it, and it freaks me out and I, oh no doubt yeah yeah he's not waiting <laughs> he's already up to something right right you know mm-hmm. and that's why it's good to have guys like you around me like come on man yeah. you know what that yeah. is yeah you know exactly you gotta have each other's back yeah, you know all of us we hold each other or keep each other accountable yeah, right? yeah. it's hard to well, do butt heads in a good way oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's more important because you know like like times y'all were talking about earlier like mm-hmm. you didn't want to have that conversation with them mm-hmm. as Christians we have to have those conversations yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. we, can, we no, can't yeah. be bashful about it we got hey man come on like what's going on let's yeah. talk through this thing let's get the help wherever we need the help uh, let's walk through it together whatever it may be absolutely um, but we have to be upfront and honest and not just yeah. turn a blind eye to some of those things yeah, even no. when the questions are hard absolutely and that's 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 what that was weighing on my that was weighing on me at the time uh, but something something was telling me that I was doing what what was needed for Seth but it was weighing on me that I couldn't say anything but I, I was almost like if you were like this is a weird I, I don't mean it like this but if you if you were had somebody on their deathbed but you're trying to cheer them up and make them and I, I not that's not that's a whole probably the worst analogy ever but it felt like I didn't have the courage because I didn't want to be disappointed or I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know what to say. I just wanted to be there. Yeah. Uh, and I would come and hang out and I would just just be there and I don't know. I definitely, Another, that weighed on my heart a lot. Yeah, for I've sure. I've been, I, and I've been there. I've been right where you're at and my best friend was going through the same thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, I felt like if I would have been probed all the time, then I would have started coming up with excuses yeah. as to why I was doing it, as to, you know, and I would, it would make it more normalized. So I think as long as I was shameful of it, then there was hope, still hope for me to come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and you would start justifying it too, and then yeah, you, and then cool. it to the place to where the shame 
would actually would roll out to out and out defiance mm. on yeah. people. Yeah, you know? exactly. they might not like me as much. God, God did it beautifully, and that's and that's amazing. Let me tell you, this is by far my favorite episode of the podcast wow. that we've ever we done. Some good ones too. And, and we've had some great ones. This is like number well, what sixty eight. Part of it. Yeah. I mean, we nice and, to be here. and they're all they're all like an hour and a half, two hours long, and all that. So we, I mean, we've we've invested our lives, a part of our lives, into doing this. But you know, it, it's it's that old adage that still waters run deep. You know, whenever whenever we go to uh, speaking for Elam, you see you see this group of three guys walk in, and we just say, oh, they're just normal normal twenty something year olds. <laughs> and uh, and this wasn't even all of y'all stories. These are just little isolated oh, yeah. moments oh, yeah. that. Yeah. That really, that you, again, you're going to be reflecting on this all of your life and seeing the hand of God in so many different ways that that you just can't right now because you don't have that kind of vantage point yet. But, but you know, for for people like us that have been in church for quite some time now, it's so easy to discount whenever somebody comes in because you really don't know what they're dealing with. And and just in these in these few short minutes that we shared together. I mean, we talked about, you know, just PTSD, what our veterans are going through, yeah. what their families are going through, mm-hmm. being, you know, displaced. And oh, there's a war. Yeah. There's a war going on. Man, yeah. suicide, uh, mental illness, drug addiction, drug abuse, uh, uh, trying to figure out how to navigate in a world where kids are raising kids. And, right. you know, and uh, I mean, in just a few short minutes, we've been able to just hit on some topics and and a tragedy a tragedy whenever a loved one in our family goes away but how that can be used and like I'm, I'm telling you I, I, and we've had some great episodes and this is not to discount any of those they, they're fantastic episodes but there's just a uh, there's just I think just because the amount of bodies that are in here too and the amount of testimony that that that, that, that God has done in y'all's lives and um, and uh, we're gonna have to have you guys back on uh, but for different things, not just, not just as you guys progress, mm-hmm. we're there for the ride. And uh, I, I know yeah, we want to document. We want to let the people know, man. This is what the journey of serving the Lord looks like. You know, and this is just the first step. And this right. is the, the you guys and, and your you know your little onesies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. getting out there. And, yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, real quick, as we round as we're rounding third mm-hmm. base already, uh, tell me tell me some hopes for the future that you guys see. What that God is is actively doing where do you see what do you see in your life in these next few months so uh, I've been feeling uh, a little calling upon my heart not a little calling it started little but it's come to grow more and more so uh, Matt me and Matt make music uh for his dad's nonprofit, or at, Matt actually wrote a beautiful poem-like piece about PTSD. He wrote called, it in a in a in a truck in front of a house with tears. Best mm-hmm. best yeah, place to write. Sounds like a good country song to me. What's that nonprofit called? It's called Set Apart Farms, and our goal is to heal veteran families, especially the ones facing homelessness. And uh, it's a faith-based nonprofit. So be uh, set apart for I am set apart. I believe that's in Peter. Yeah. That's good stuff. They got a Facebook group or something. Oh yeah, Facebook website. We're a legit 501c. We're going to be doing. Um, we're we're going to go more public events. Uh, we do have an annual rodeo coming up in Pasadena. That's going to be at the Pasadena Fairgrounds. Got the MRCA, which is the Military Rodeo Cowboy Association, been around forever. 
and uh, Pasadena Livestock Show and Rodeo Committee is going to be helping us out. So we got all their people out there. It's going to be fun. I can't announce the entertainers or anything yet, but just just look out for them. It's okay. going to be good. He's been telling me a little bit about it. Yeah. So I guess eucalyptus, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> be there. Nice, right? Us, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, they showed me a song that they were uh, that I guess Matt wrote that I'm supposed to record from eventually. Oh yeah, I, I texted him today. I'm like, when I was stalking, uh, right? And I'm like, bro, you can sing and play guitar. I can't sing. I'm just a writer. Nah, you can sing. You yeah, can, can sing. sing. Instruments, guitar. I'm a guitar. Yeah. My voice, play keys a little bit. Play some yeah. chords. Yeah, yeah. I play chords. I can do a little bit of stuff. On He's a, that that means he can yeah. really play. Yeah, yeah. He can really piano play. master. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I write. I make music. Uh, vocals, writing. That's I don't right. really play any instruments. You can sing. Ryan can some, rap. I was I mean, waiting yeah. for Ryan with the, when we hit the culture song. corner on here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> is always about to, I'm a, I'm a, I was waiting for <laughs> yeah. but he didn't it, do it today. But see, <laughs> it, it all started making sense because in the back in, in the back of my head, I'm like, these are Ben's friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then a lot of stuff started making sense. I'm like, oh, oh. yeah. 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 Man. I was anyway, waiting for Ryan to Anyway, so uh, put a beat on. No, you did mention. Good. You did mention. So <laughs> you got a fiance. Mm-hmm. So what? Is it, unpack that a little bit. How? How did? Because I mean, oh. I mean, because I mean, dude, because radical salvation, Jesus all over your life. Not not everybody kind of. Uh, it, it's hard to have multiple people running that same race and keeping up yeah. with what's going on with you. So how? Just I'd real quick. That's kind of a tender tend, uh, like. We're in a relationship where we're both so fresh in our salvation. My fiance, I love her more than she knows. Uh, we were there for each other when neither one of us deserved to be loved, mm. and we came, we came out of it together. Uh, you know, God works both of us. He's working us at different paces too. Right, and kind of. Uh, Something that I I deal with every day is to let God control the pace of that. I don't want to, you know. Uh, I think she's she's really moved by, you know, just how active I am with the church right now, and so that's how I kind of try to. There's things that. Uh, Everybody can always improve on, you know. Yeah. Uh, definitely me and her still have a lot of improving to do in our own individual walks with God. Our relationship is fantastic, better than I could ever, I ever thought I was worthy of having. It was one of the sweetest moments whenever I saw the smile on her face whenever you got out of that water. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was so pumped. I was backstage <laughs> giving high fives, man. That was, that was just a great time. And, and, and that just, that... And, I didn't even know him. Yeah, I, don't know, I, I, I didn't know y'all. I think I just kind of been passing, maybe or whatever. And I, I definitely don't know her, but but I could tell it was a genuine love and pride yeah. for for what she was looking at. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, like I said, we through all my drug use. And, you know, she's got her own testimony, and I won't be the one to tell it. But she, like I said, we were there for each other when neither one of us was anybody that was worthy of being loved by anyone. Mm -hmm. And we really, we weren't in a relationship. We were just two sinners that were comforting each other in sin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put a baby in her. And then 
Oh Lord, I thought I thought my life was going to come all crashing down. I thought it was just a continuation of something terrible. I put a baby in her. <laughs> you know, you know what he did. <laughs> love it. Honestly, love she it. manifested that baby. On. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put it on her. It takes two to tango. <laughs> but yeah, man. But it's exciting, man, to see just the Lord working in y'all's lives. Yeah. For sure. And I knew God told me I had to, I had to propose to her mm. because speak on that a little bit because mm. because she know. Well, yeah, we're getting married. Yeah, we're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, speak on that a little bit because maybe yeah. you out there in podcast land and uh, you've been you've been thinking about something. Hey, this is your sign. This is your sign. Listen yeah, to this, well, man. for me, it was it was just so clear because we were sinners comforting each other and then together we got to this beautiful place and there were still some shortcomings in our relationship and in our life and even my financials supporting the family and this was during my a lot of my revelation that was going on my spiritual enlightenment and uh I realized I just need to put more faith in God. And and not only that, I need to solidify Amanda knowing like marriage is sacred, a bond between a man and a woman in the eyes of God. We're now married. And I feel like I need to do that because I know that he used her for me and used me for her. And I feel like we need to officially bring that together and be married in in his eyes. That's awesome. So that's why I did it. And I, and literally I got a ring for free but I thought I was going to have to work we were working out of town I was going to have to save for this wedding ring and then my mom calls me and said hey your grandma gave me this ring years ago it's such a beautiful tanzanite with diamonds just an absolutely beautiful mm. ring and I don't know God just, just continues to work miracles in my life and that's yeah, awesome. She was one of them. Well, guys, man, thanks for coming by and sharing Absolutely. everything. It's been a blessing in my life. Like I said, I'm jazzed up for you guys. Yeah, and um, just put it out there, man. We're here for you guys. Whatever y'all need. I mean, sure. literally, like Absolutely. whatever, whatever you need. It. Yeah, and um, and get ready. You know, this mm-hmm. the thing is just now taking off. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're gonna get you guys connected. And uh, so once we get you connected, you can't go back. Yeah. And, uh, so wait, 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 before we before you say we love you before you go there before you go there because uh, uh, James I know you just been just letting them just kind of ride with the story and stuff yeah. and, and and it's all that but you were kind of always in the background whenever they were with Ben Absolutely or whatever right. yeah seeing them what, what does it do for you it was like baby Jesus like back there with his beard you know just because you. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's got a beard. He's, no, he's close enough. No, no, but like you were just quietly in the background and just kind of observing this. Well, I mean, how are you how are you internalizing this? Yeah, it's great. I mean, like everybody, you know, we're always happy to see if you're a Christian and you see somebody come new to the faith, like you're happy. So there's that, of course, and then it's even if it's somebody you know, it's even better, you know? So, of course, I'm happy just like everybody else. I've been super pumped. Yeah. I'm, also, I'm also happy for Ben, too. Oh, yeah. Because um, I'm out sure. Ben. Shout out Ben's. Where's yeah. my... I love it. <laughs> 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 
I love your brother, man. I love that well, guy. Well, who doesn't man. love Ben? No, yeah. but I, I love him more than a lot of other people. That's, I, 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 that's what it is. I love him more than you. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll go to, I'll be at work and I'll get mistaken for him now. Now that I don't have long hair, and they'll be like, "Weren't you working at the Don Key?" Anyway, I got all sidetracked now. Oh no, yeah, and I'm also happy for Ben because I feel like he's kind of, I mean, like he's grown up in church just like me and all, but he hasn't always had um, like cr- good Christian friends that he could kind of rely on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm happy for him for that too. And anyway, yeah, of course I'm pumped. Ben is like a missionary else, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a cool dude, man. Yeah, Ben is awesome. All yeah. the Nistons are great, man. Funny, yeah, they are. They're great. Yeah, they're great people, man. I, I can't think of one or maybe one. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just love that. Yeah, let's go on another family. 20 minutes about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great that this is our all right, man. Thanks for stopping by, and we love you. This is the Refuge Project.